Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to Mint. I am Nasreen Sultana. I am an assistant editor at Mint. I keep a close track of all that is happening in the world of stock markets. You are listening to All Things Markets where I speak to experts analyzing the big trends moving the stock markets. Despite the challenges due to COVID, biggest rich Indians have seen increase in wealth. A stock market's boom, driven partly by quantitative easing and flurry of new listings, have created wealth for some. Much more than perhaps could have been expected in a year so badly disrupted by COVID. To understand where is the hot money flowing and what are the new found assets by emerging rich Indians post-COVID, I'm in conversation with Satish Krishnamurti, EVP, Head, Private Banking and Third Party Products, Excess Bank. Hi, Satish. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Nasreen. Uh, lovely uh, being part of the show today. So, Satish, uh, last year, 2020, uh, it was an unprecedented year in terms of a lot of things that we experienced, of course, starting with the COVID. But there is one thing that most of the investors are curious is, where did the rich Indians invest in their money in 2020? Since you deal with a lot of hot money, so you can guide us and tell us where did the rich invest their money in 2020? Uh, great question, Nasreen. And uh, if you think about this, uh, you know, uh, the starting point is uh, let's take the repo rate, right? The reference repo rate uh, is at 4%. So what typically happens amongst the rich uh, and the ultra HNI is that they are uh, perennially hunting for yield, right? So consequently, what we have seen is uh, they have looked at uh, investment alternatives across asset classes ranging from both public, and when I say public, it means IPOs, which are the primary issues, and secondary markets. Uh, What is also increasingly in vogue is private equity. Uh, I think a little bit of comeback we did see in real estate, uh, and you would have seen some marquee deals getting reported in the uh, newspaper as well earlier. Uh, So I would say that there is a comeback in some of these uh, asset classes, and I would say equity has been a clear winner. Uh, What we also saw is, uh, you look at the IPO market, the primary markets, uh, we saw a big boom. I think the total number that was raised in calendar year 20 was almost 26,000 crores. And uh, uh, I think there were over 16 issues that I uh, saw. And each of these saw very high participation uh, in the HNI category. Uh, likewise, secondary markets, you saw the bounce back from the lows in March of 2020. Uh, the markets have nearly doubled. Uh, and therefore, there is a lot of money chasing uh, publicly listed uh, companies as well. Uh, what is also interesting are uh, ideas like REITs and INVITs uh, have generated considerable interest uh, because there is a clear choice, uh, whether it's uh, geographical portfolios in terms of REITs or uh, infrastructure infrastructure. Uh, choices and invits, people are uh, looking to diversify. Uh, Fixed income, uh, I would say, hasn't seen as much traction, especially owing to the various credit events that we saw. Uh, But we are seeing considerable interest in fixed income uh, ideas like AT1 bonds, especially those uh, that have been issued by systemically important banks 
and market-linked uh, debentures. Uh, so that's the way I would describe it. And private equity again has been a big in, uh, beneficiary of HNI and ultra HNI flows. Uh, you see every other day there is a unicorn which is taking birth. And we have seen the size of category two AIFs increase by as much as 35% in calendar year uh, 2020. Uh, and these are uh, investing into uh, early stage and growth stage uh, startups. So all in all, I would say the trends across investment preferences are indicative uh, of a large shift towards uh, diversification, uh, moving money out of conventional fixed income and going towards some of the asset classes that I just described. Mm. It's very interesting uh, that you mentioned about the unicorns that are getting created in India. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll come to that question let, later. But uh, at the moment, what do you think in 2021, we are almost in the mid of the year, what do you think has been the buying pattern of this uh, rich Indians? Uh, A, because when we started the year, there was a lot of uh, conviction and optimism that probably the virus is behind us and the vaccination rollout had, st had started. Uh, the growth forecast was quite strong. But as we moved into the year, there has been a lot of hiccups starting with the second wave, the vaccination shortage. And of course, the growth forecast had been uh, is kind of re uh, made, made made new stance by the by, by the growth, uh, you know, by the forecasters. So what do you think uh, 2021, the next half would look like? Yes, uh, very clearly, I think the country has seen uh, some really tough times and we continue to see that. Uh, notwithstanding that, I would say uh, uh, as far as the uh, asset allocation of the rich are concerned, they are uh, looking at uh, new ideas like venture equity and venture debt more and more. Uh, you would have seen there is a, a clear and decisive move, move towards uh, themes like ESG, and a lot of ultra HNI uh, investors are very interested in uh, themes like ESG. The other critical piece uh, we are seeing is uh, diversification towards offshore assets. So uh, fund of fund ideas are getting uh, very popular amongst uh, HNIs and ultra HNIs. And they believe that uh, it's important to diversify your overall wealth corpus, not only in domestic markets, but also uh, in offshore markets. Uh, so I think I see a clear uh, uh, trend towards that. Uh, and I would say, uh, you know, uh, equity markets continue to be very robust in their performance. So uh, there needs to be continued, uh, uh, what shall I say, interest in equity as an asset class for optimal asset allocation. Uh, I would say that uh, real estate too is beginning to slowly but surely pick up and customers are looking to participate in this through uh, REITs as an asset class uh, and I would say that uh, uh, you know there seems to be a slew of very uh, interesting primary market issues also lined up uh, for the rest of the year if you look at the calendar uh, right issues like Zometo uh, are being spoken of and I would say that as these uh, ideas come to uh, fruition uh, we will see continued interest in the uh, new primary market issuances as well. So you are saying that equity, of course, uh, stays remains to be the favorite among the HNIs and the rich class in India. Uh, but they are also diversifying their funds. They are also going to the uh, to the foreign markets to hunt for best deals. Uh, besides that, are you seeing any uh, key emerging trends in wealth management now, especially after COVID? 
Yeah, I think uh, very clearly uh, wealth management is a is a very old industry ever since uh, humans uh, uh, started saving. Uh, wealth management has been in play in some shape and form. Uh, I think uh, the key themes that I see emerging in wealth management are uh, offshore as an asset class is getting a lot more uh, understanding and uh, allocation, right? And there are many ways to do this uh, under the LRS uh, route, right? Uh, so every individual up to $250,000, and if it's a family of four combined together, uh, they go up to a million dollars, for example, and they can fully uh, utilize the LRS uh, uh, process and look to diversify uh, their investments uh, abroad. So that is a clear uh, trend that we are seeing uh, in the wealth management industry. Uh, two, like I said, uh, equity as an asset class continues to draw in uh, a lot of money uh, increasingly from the rich. Uh, they are seeing value, uh, I mean, uh, uh, sector after sector. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, right now, for example, you see the commodities uh, are in great favor. Uh, so there is a lot of money flowing into these ideas. And I would say that uh, from a uh, you know a broader trend, uh, what's happening in the wealth management industry is uh, very very bespoke uh, ideas, uh, which uh, are uh, coming through the AIF route, right? So customers may want to invest in let's say uh, a set of startups uh, at, uh, for example, in the healthcare sector, right? So there are these. Uh, uh, active interest in these niche ideas and uh, we would see that a uh, lot more sub-segmentation uh, sub depending on the uh, sector where the uh, investors find great interest will happen and I would say the asset class which is going to uh, perhaps uh, capture this growth will be AIFs. Okay, that's quite interesting. Uh, I also wanted to ask you about another emerging asset class uh, uh, that is probably that was that was been there uh, at least for last five to six years. But after 2020, uh, cryptocurrency has uh, become a hot favorite for a lot of uh, rich uh, investors, starting with Elon Musk. Uh, my question is: Do you think cryptocurrency will replace any asset holding by the rich, especially the uh, the rich in India and uh, if you think that is going to replace any asset class in their portfolio which asset class would that be? Yes Nasreen I think you make a very uh, important question there is a lot of interest uh, at least uh, you know at this stage curiosity around cryptocurrencies uh, what I would advise is uh, extreme extreme caution because uh, uh, cryptocurrencies uh, are still uh, very early in their journey. Uh, there is, uh, uh, I mean, one thing which I don't think there can be any disagreement is uh, the speculative nature of uh, this asset class. It is very, very uh, volatile. Uh, you know, uh, you mentioned Elon Musk. So, uh, you know, post a tweet of his, you see cryptocurrencies go up or down by 40%, 50%. And that clearly points out that it is a very, very, uh, unstable asset class, right? So uh, for anyone uh, who is uh, looking to manage wealth, uh, speculation uh, should be the last thing on their mind. Uh, the idea should always be uh, assess risk return trade-offs and take uh, calculated allocations. 
so i uh, my assessment is that cryptocurrency is unlikely to replace any asset class completely there are uh, regulatory frameworks which are still uh, i would say work under progress i think there is a bill uh, which is being discussed uh, by the government as well in terms of how should they regulate crypto assets and uh, in this scenario unless there is clarity around uh, how uh, you know the government and uh, all the key uh, regulators look at this currency and that view is completed i would uh, advise uh, uh, you know investors to pretty much uh, not uh, speculate in this asset class fair enough uh, but you know there is also a lot of aspirational value uh, you know with uh, the cryptocurrency uh, especially with the in the us uh, there's a lot of interest and curiosity uh, and uh, there is uh, do, you, do you think that the, it's a younger crowd who's which is getting more uh, attracted to the to the asset class or do you think that a mature tenured investor is also likely to put money into cryptocurrency it's volatile stock market is also volatile no uh, of course but yeah it is it is kind of run by very handful of people unlike the stock markets uh, but do you think that uh, this interest and curiosity for a cryptocurrency or to own a cryptocurrency uh, be it bitcoin or the newer ones the ethereum uh, do you think that uh, this excitement is only among the younger crowd uh, or you think the matured and tenured investors are also interested and getting curious about the rise in that asset class see uh, i think the big uh, attraction uh, to any speculative asset is the get rich quick uh, you know theme that they all rely on and uh, everybody wants to get rich quickly uh, if they are rich they want to get richer uh, so that uh, lure should uh, uh, in a way be watched very carefully uh, and i would say that uh, when the underlying asset uh, right uh, uh, you know the very purpose of a currency is it needs to be a store of value uh, to be a store of value it needs to be uh, popularly used as a form of uh, exchange so which means that if there are goods and services that can be bought in india uh, with cryptocurrency uh, then it becomes uh, more tenable as a uh, store of value today uh, if i have to flip back and ask the question what can i go out in the market and buy uh, what goods or services i can buy using cryptocurrency i'm not too sure that uh, the answer is very clear so i would say that uh, uh this needs to be understood very uh, clearly also uh, in uh, our conversations with uh, the rich clients uh, they are uh, very prudent so they are i mean everyone is curious because uh, the way bitcoin for example has emerged uh, and the fact that uh, even tesla bought the asset uh, obviously has uh, evoked a lot of uh, interesting questions and uh, curiosity uh but i would say that uh, whatever i have observed it is uh, relatively the younger people with very small tickets uh, who are uh, speculating in these cryptocurrency exchanges uh, at least that's what the market study shows okay okay all right uh, in the beginning of the conversation you mentioned about the unicorns getting built in india and uh, there is a do you agree that there is a class of new rich emerging in india uh do you agree to that yeah most definitely there is a lot of wealth creation happening in india 
led by the private markets and uh, clearly i mean we have seen enough unicorns emerge just in the last uh, uh, few quarters yes fully agree with that so so uh, in your experience or your conversation uh, with the new emerging rich uh, in, in india where are they investing uh, they they of course have a new new watches of money along with them which is new and fresh so where are they investing their money now so uh, uh, nasreen i uh, let me just step back a moment uh, to just give a bit of context here right uh, what we have seen is Yeah, currently, I think there was a Credit Suisse report which said India has close to eighty thousand startups. The good news that is happening currently is almost eight percent of these are getting funded. Uh, if you turn the clock back, let's say five six years back, let's say in twenty fifteen, uh, the number of startups that India had was only about twenty five thousand. That is point one. Point two is uh, that if you look at uh, India's public market, the listed entities. only about uh, 330 companies are i think the number is something like 336 when i last checked uh, these companies have a market cap of over us dollar 1 billion dollars and these out of these about 100 of these were actually founded before 1975 in contrast to that uh, we are finding that uh, that 100 plus uh, unicorns that india has created uh, their combined market cap is about 240 billion dollars and two thirds of these companies have actually been founded after 2005 so it just tells you that there is a lot of energy that uh, the startup space is creating in india it is leading to new jobs and i would say that uh, the behavior of these uh, uh, you know freshly minted entrepreneurs uh, is very digital savvy approach so they are very interested in investing in uh, ideas like venture capital venture debt uh, which i uh, mentioned earlier uh, they also want to build uh, uh, you know some stable pot of money uh, whereby uh, you know uh, investments uh, in debt publicly listed equities and also emerging ideas like uh, invits and reits are part of their asset allocation so i would say that uh, you know irrespective of the route they took to uh, create their wealth uh, at least when they work with a bank like ours uh, you know we uh, work through with them depending on their requirements uh, and partner with them to make sure that uh, they are not uh, uh, diverging from their financial goals that they have set for themselves and their family so that's the way i would describe that hmm Okay, so one last question before we wrap this conversation is: uh, in India, uh, post 2020, uh, there has been a massive job losses. Uh, the uh, the unemployment rate uh, is actually rising, especially after uh, the second wave. But at the same time, we are also talking about new unicorns getting created in India. As you mentioned, that uh, the startups, uh, the startup universe is getting funded, and uh, there is there are emerging new. Uh, multi-billionaires from those startups now this is a dichotomy uh, where one class or one part of the uh, country is actually struggling with basic uh, livelihood and the other part is actually getting richer there's nothing wrong in it but do you think that this dichotomy that is created probably because of covid uh, this divide is getting very very stark and it will continue in the future Uh, so my outlook uh, nasreen uh, tends to be on the optimistic side here uh, to your question yes the uh, 
uh, ravages of COVID have not been easy. Uh, people who were dependent on uh, daily uh, earnings, right, uh, typically in the unorganized sector, have got badly impacted, right? Uh, no two ways about it. Uh, on the other hand, uh, when you look at the uh, you know, the creation of these new unicorns. What we are observing is that uh, hitherto unknown uh, jobs, right? Like this concept of a gig economy uh, is beginning to bear fruition, right? Very early days. But what it's giving is uh, empowering our young people to work from uh, uh, the comfort of their homes uh, with full flexibility. Uh, to really unleash their creative uh, power. And I'm seeing that uh, not only in the startup world, but in uh, uh, in top banks like us, in other top firms across the country. So I'm seeing that uh, there is a clear uh, opportunity uh, as these new sectors are getting identified, new disruptors are getting created. They are giving uh, a lot more job opportunities. Uh, the big call out would clearly be digital, right? Uh, uh, I think uh, digital led business models right from, uh, uh, you know, whether it is uh, solving problems in the logistics area, whether it's solving problems in the fintech area, whether it is solving uh, problems in the manufacturing supply chain area and so on. Each of these arenas are leading to jobs uh, being created, uh, right? And I think uh, uh, in parallel, we are also seeing the creation of edtechs, right? And edtechs are uh, uh, working, I think, uh, more and more in line with industry's uh, requirements. So my uh, forward view would be that uh, edtechs will start getting more and more uh, relevant and more and more powerful forces of creating, uh, you know, people who are well equipped. Uh, to the demands of the next uh, decade or uh, so, so that uh, you know they are able to deal with completely a new method of working, uh, new industries that are getting created, and I would say India's power is the, uh, I mean the number of youth that we have, a large uh, population. I think over 60%. Uh, the median age of this country is still under 30. So I would say that uh, they will come back. Uh, COVID-2 uh, should go away sooner rather than later. And I would say that uh, once there is a, a degree of normalcy, all this pent-up demand will wake up and perhaps uh, help the country bounce back uh, at a fairly rapid clip. All right. Uh, on that note, Satish, thanks a lot for uh, giving us your time and, of course, sharing those insights uh, that you have uh, mentioned about the new uh, rich and also the old, the hot money that's been circulating in the in the country. Thanks a lot once again and stay safe. Thank you uh, so much, Nasreen. I wish you and uh, all your uh, listeners also the best of health and uh, everyone should stay safe. Thanks again. Thank you. For feedback, you can write to me at nasreen.s at lifemint.com or you can reach out to me on Twitter at Nasreen Story. You can also reach out to us at HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And to listen to more podcasts like this, you need to log on to www.htsmartcast.com. 
This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.